Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Hey guys, Nick from the Pro Wrestling Podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Suspicious Behavior Comics. Check out their series entitled Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. When a disgruntled professional wrestler declares himself galactic champion of the universe, Earth is invaded by a planet of wrestling aliens who view it as an act of war. The issues are full of action, excitement, and even some obscure wrestling references. Check them out on Twitter at SBP underscore comics. Once again, at SBP underscore comics. And be sure to catch them on the Comixology app for Android and iOS devices. Hey guys, it's the hardcore icon, Just Incredible. I want you to listen to the best podcast in the world, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow them on Twitter at ProWPodcast. Now that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's just incredible. Check them out. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two. Arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new. Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hole three. The moss-covered, three-handled family grudunzel. It's me, Austin. Think they got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, hell yeah! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Mecca of the World in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly. Sexy, ever so smooth talking, ever so amazing host Nick, and with me as always is Matt. Hello, wrestling people. How are you, Matt? Dandy. Dandy, that's Terrific. a good word choice. I like that. Awesome. I like it. Oh. And stupendous. Oh, okay. We we still great. gone? Oh, okay. I'm good. Okay. Well, I think we're good. I th- I think you you Happy. got a little winded which at your age it's probably not that hard to do hey i'm only four years <laughs> older what's that i'm only four years older than you that is true <laughs> but you look like you're 40 years older am i right <laughs> just remember when i have one foot in the grave you have one toe in the grave okay well you know what that's accurate but uncalled for anyway you want to hit the show, the Gmail's ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook is Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. The Twitter page is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com is your official website. Once again, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. You can find blog posts, interviews, episodes of the show, a lot of the blogs are from our very own Andre Stafford, available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor. Matt, I'm excited. Oh, really? I'm, I'm excited for a lot of different reasons. Um, first up is actually this very show, because we got a lot to talk about. 
A star is returning to the WWE. I can't wait to talk about that. A commentary shakeup. We have a wrestler possibly making a movie. Chris Jericho doing, well, Jericho things in AEW. Seth Rollins news. Lacey Evans news. Sandman making comments that no one agrees with. And some huge news regarding the show. We are going to save that news for last. But and a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. And speaking of a partridge, horrible segue on my part. I have some awesome news, Matt. Dun, dun, dun. As first reported by the at ProW podcast Twitter page, you're not the only one who's having a baby. What? Wait, who is also having a baby? Is, is Andre having a baby? Who? 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 No, it's not Andre. So that leaves him out of the fray. Uh, you have one other male who very rarely comes on the show. And I'm pretty sure he's done having kids, and that would be Michael. So I think that would leave either you or me, Matt. Does Tiff, is Tiffany already on her second baby? No, she hasn't popped out the first one yet. <laughs> that would be me, my good friend, sir, guy. I am, I mean, I'm physically not having a baby. I do not have the genetics in me to reproduce, like, in terms of a baby coming out of my body. However, I, I don't know if you heard that, but I actually had put the phone down and clap into it. It was a little muffled. I was wondering. Oh, okay. I just, I just I couldn't tell. Uh, no, we found out that Rebecca is pregnant, and we broke the news on our Twitter page, at Podcast, of course. And I am beyond excited. I am elated. I think elated is probably the best word, right? Elated is a good word. It's good. Yeah. So we have good news all around. You know, family's being started. Um, Bentley's going to have a cousin. Yes. And I I can't wait for the many play dates that our child and Bentley will be on. I'm sure there will be plenty. Do you think sometime down the line, Bentley and your future kid, We'll get together and host a wrestling podcast. I would be 100% okay with that. Would would we would we be like the producers or something? How, how do we do we get a cut of like pay or something? I mean, well, we, no, we we're going to be their rivals because no, no one beats us. <laughs> this is true. The podcast to listen to. This is the only podcast you should be listening to. Not Eric Bischoff's, not Bruce Pritchard's, not Jim Cornette's, not Jericho's. This is the podcast to listen to. Yeah, not Colt Cabana, not the Stone Cold Podcast. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? <laughs> so I, just, I, I had to do it every time. Look, I love Colt Cabana, but every time I hear his name, I have to drop that one line from that one pipe bomb some seven or eight years ago. <laughs> That we're still talking about. That that's a that's a phenomenal thing. Which, by the way, CM Punk is going to be on WWE backstage this week. Oh, really? As this show airs, yeah. That's uh okay. I gotta stop. I have SmackDown going on in the background, and I wow, that is a terrible, terrible thing that they're doing. Um, yeah. So he is. He's returning back to uh, WWE backstage. To point out just how awful the product is, I'm sure, in his ever-so-lovely CM Punk ways. But I heard that uh, one time he asked Renee Young, they were talking something about the Shield. Oh. And he turned around to Renee Young and he was like, well, we all know who your favorite member is. Yeah, that was that was really funny. Look, I think I'm only going to watch, and I'm sure a lot of people are like this. I'm going to watch WWE backstage just when Punk is on because he makes that interesting. At some point, they just got to make him a regular on the show, right? Well, let's kind of leave. This isn't before we do the show, me and Matt here, we always kind of do a little 10 minute brainstorming session. What we want to talk about. This is not on the list, but this is something I don't think we've ever actually formally covered in terms of CM Punk. On WWE backstage, do you think, because he's kind of been, him and Seth Rollins have kind of been in a back and forth Twitter war slash interview war with each other. 
Do you think that that's going to lead to something more than just Punk on WWE backstage? Or is it just, you know, banter for no real reason? And hopeful banter. We'll go with that. Okay. But I like that word choice. Ultimately, I don't see a match happening. I know. I I, I want to see it so bad, but I, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't think we're going to get it, unfortunately. But I will tell you this. While we're on the topic of Seth Rollins, let's talk about Sethy McSethels, shall we? Okay. That's going to be my new nickname for him, Sethy McSethels. So... You know that's not going to catch on, right? It, Sethy McSuffles, it's totally catching on right now. You're going to be saying it by the end of the show. Is it going to be trending on Twitter? <laughs> I'll make it trend on Twitter. Don't I? I Go will, ahead. I will tweet at Seth Rollins every day as Sethy McSuffles until he responds. He'll respond with a curb stomp to your head. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... I almost said Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rollins. My God. Wow. This is going to be a long episode. So Seth Rollins. The wheels the, have fallen off. The wheels are, I don't, I don't know if they've fallen off, but we're eight minutes in, and I'm pretty sure that they're, that the axle's about to give out, so to speak. They're loose. They're very loose right now. Um, So Seth Rollins has, he's kind of been flirting. I don't even know if flirting's the right terminology necessarily with a possible heel turn matt now really you don't say this all started when monday night raw lost at survivor series and the very next night after survivor series seth rounds comes out and he basically has an uh, like an open forum kind of thing with the raw roster where he points out various members and how basically how bad they did at survivor series and it ended up with him and after people started walking out on him, it ended up with him and Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens virtually gave him a stunner. And then Seth rounds tweeted out, Oh, I will be issuing an apology on raw. Now flash fast forward to one week later on raw. I don't think he necessarily gave an apology. Did he give an apology? Uh, it didn't seem like it. It it seemed more or less just him saying, you know, like he, he said stuff along the lines of like, oh, I don't, you know, I I can't be held responsible for my teammates' actions kind of stuff and it, it it came off very heelish, not to mention that I think I think Seth kind of for, foreshadowed it, though, because he came out wearing an all black getup, too. It was like him saying, sorry, not sorry. Right. And. I don't know. How, how do you feel if Seth does turn heel? Let's start with the obvious one. I'm in favor of it. I think Seth was at his best when he was a heel and he was paired up with Triple H and he was doing the whole I'm the man gimmick before Becky Lynch took it. <laughs> before Becky No Name. Oh! Oh! That's, that was bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're just going to keep testing the durability of the wheels. Apparently that's going to be the theme of the episode. But So you would be in favor of him going heel yeah i think he's at his best um and plus kevin knows he's he's hot right now all right people are getting behind him they just turned him into a baby face with the right direction kevin owens could be the top baby face of the company right and you want your top baby face to be aligned with at least one of your top heels. I think Seth Rollins could fit that. Now, in terms of... See, see, this is kind of where I'm drawn a little bit. Okay? 
when he first turned heel back in 20 was it 2013 or something like that um i i i loved it i i thought it was the most brilliant thing they could have done they they executed that so well i just feel like now in 2019 while i do agree with your reasoning i kind of just feel like Seth doesn't have that same kind of steam like he did back then. Well, back then when he first turned heel, a lot of people were crapping all over it. They didn't like it. Which blows my mind, by the way. It's one of those things to where it has to develop. It's a, it's a very polarizing situation that we're in because especially now more so instead of when he turned heel originally, people, again, if you want to measure this by social media, ratings, however you want to measure it, people get very, very critical over things that like they don't even – they don't want to wait to see how it plays out. They would rather just be very critical right away. You know what I mean? I mean it's – a very weird world that we live in with pro wrestling sometimes. And I don't know if I had to describe it, I, I would compare it to like a new relationship. All right. When you're in a new relationship with someone, you don't just jump totally in. You kind of ease your way into it. Wait, you, you mean you don't propose on the first date? No, you don't. That's stupid. Oh, well, whoops. Not that your marriage is stupid or anything. But. <laughs> if you but, did propose on your first date, you're you're not stupid. We we will be judging you and questioning why you would do that, but you are not stupid. Your mama loves you very much. And that's like with a good heel turn. You don't want to just completely dive into it. You kind of want to ease into it a little bit, kind of tease it a little bit. Right. And then at the right given time, boom, you just flip that switch turn heel uh cutting promos dissing the town that you're in (laughs) now do you think that right now is the perfect time to turn him heel i mean in my opinion in a nutshell it should be but i want to hear your your take on it It, it's now the time you would turn seth heel well if you don't have seth rollins as a heel the question you got to ask yourself is Who's the top heel on Raw? Right. And that's their problem. Who would you say is the top heel on Raw if it's not Seth Rollins? Brock um, Lesnar. Oh, okay. I didn't realize we were counting Brock. <laughs> we're going there. It, it would be Brock Lesnar. And here's the problem. He's not on there every week. <laughs> You need someone who is on there every week. And you know what's funny? You could go into Brock for a second here. I read a report that Brock is basically done until the Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah. Why would that shock anybody? That's how it's been since he's came back. He's only around for the big four. And then, you know, lately it's been the Saudi shows. I mean. When, when I read that, my reaction was, well, duh. Yeah, like you don't come on. Rebecca knows that, and she's not even a full fledged wrestling fan. <laughs> like, why? That's lazy reporting. Shame on you, reporters. Shame. But, yeah, you know, anyway, I digress. Going back to South Rollins, I think that I agree he should be a heel. I just, I kind of feel that, like, this should be something that they should be holding off until uh the Royal Rumble season happens because then you have a fresh heel for Royal Rumble and WrestleMania to work off of. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of factors on Raw side that kind of play into that though. Right. So we'll see. I, I don't I'm cautiously optimistic, which is one of my favorite phrases that I use. I I just I don't I see him turning heel, but I just I don't agree with the timing necessarily. All right, so while we're on the subject of turns, one that seemingly has started to happen slowly but surely is that of Lacey Evans. Uh, Lacey Evans 
basically, she came out last week on SmackDown, uh, where Bailey and Sasha Banks were in the ring, and said that uh, she's tired of the leadership of SmackDown, and that SmackDown needs to have a lady represent the women's division. At in which point she delivered a woman's right to Sasha Banks, while Bailey, for whatever reason, decided not to attack her and just looked on while her best friend is laying on the floor. I just I thought that was kind of a weird dynamic. And now, again, it it just it, it seems like that's the direction that they're going in is Lacey Evans turning into a face. Um, before I hear your take, my take is. I kind of like the idea of her being a face. I don't know how well she can execute it. Has she been a face before in like NXT? Do we know that? She so in NXT she was essentially like a neutral face, if that makes sense. Like it's not like when she, when she'd come out, not like she was buttering up the crowd or anything, but the people were cheering for her. Uh, but towards the end of her NXT run, then she became a heel. Okay. So, I mean, she has some experience, I guess, as being a heel. But at the same time, I kind of look at similar to Brock Lesnar in that if you don't have Lacey Evans as a baby face, who do you have? Yeah, that's... I, well, but you see, this is the problem I think with SmackDown in general is that when I look at their roster, I just feel like the SmackDown women's division is just not there. <laughs> um, okay, I got a list of the women on on Friday Night SmackDown. Go for it. Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Lacey Evans. Nikki Cross, Sasha Banks, Sonya Deville, and Tamina. So that's actually a very stacked women's roster. Well, like I said, who do you have as a as a babyface right now? Okay, not, well, yeah. Not not counting Lacey Evans, your biggest one is probably Carmella. Well, or either see, Carmella or Alexa Bliss. I was just going to say, I mean, Alexa Bliss, they've, it's the same kind of thing. They've been flirting with her as a face. Yeah, and so they, it's almost like they're kind of testing the waters. Okay, which one of these do we want as, as a face? Do we want it to be Alexa Bliss or do we want to go with Lacey Evans? Right. Um. Well, and I think right now it's the Lacey Evans project, so to speak. Like, the, Lacey is rough around the edges. I think we all can kind of agree there to some extent at the very least. But I think that WWE is kind of – they kind of have some good faith in terms of what she can do. And this is where the whole execution comes into play. I mean, right now I don't think she's the top woman's face. But I do think over time and with the right training and coaching, she will be. See, I feel that can be said about Alexa Bliss. I think I'd rather see her as the top baby face than see um um like Lisa pretty Evans much as the top okay. baby face. Yeah. Uh, see, well, well, and that's WWE's like I guess fallback is that Alexa Bliss is proven, you know, um, and Lacey's not. And so I think they, they're kind of proceeding with caution with Lacey, and I think that's fine. Well, on SmackDown, you got two big heels, and Bailey and Sasha Banks. So, in a way, it would make sense if you had two top faces to go against them. I right. mean, I know Alexa Bliss has Nikki Cross in her corner, but, I mean, you don't always have... Bailey teaming up with Sasha Banks. I mean, they're kind of involved in it and each other's storylines right now, but you can easily split them apart. Right. I, I yeah, see. It's. I don't know. I mean, I think the women's division as a whole 
I, I don't want to be that guy and say that they're a product of bad booking or anything, but I think, you know, you have to admit that there is some bad booking. Could be a lot worse, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I guess it could always be worse. It has been worse in the past. I mean, we went a long way from Braun Panties matches to where we're at now. So, I mean, if if what we're complaining about is the, wor- is the worst of our problems, I'm okay with that. <laughs> See, I think there's a couple wild cards on the SmackDown women's side of things. Like Ember Moon, I think she was out with an injury. She could be good when she comes back. Oh, Dan- absolutely. Dana Brooke, I mean, you don't really see a whole lot of her, but she's talented. And she's from Cleveland. Well, yeah, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> so... Which, by the way, can I call an audible here and and switch subjects while we're talking about her? Oh, go for it. So recently, uh, Batista wrote on Twitter <laughs> that he's single. So guess who came out of the woodwork and started flirting with Batista <laughs> on Twitter? And who would that be, Matt? Cleveland's own <laughs> Dana Brooke. She she showed some uh, serious thirst, <laughs> needless to say. What do you think of that matchup right there? Oh my God, um, you know I'm not one for using phrases like this, but uh, get it, girl. I believe is the phrase that they're saying oh, wow. these days. So <laughs> no, hey, I mean more power to her if if you know. Apparently she slid into Batista's DMs as the kids are saying these days. And, uh, you know, apparently they have an actual, like, date set or something. So, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks maybe they're trolling the the fans, but then part of me is like, nah, I think this is legit. <laughs> Do you think they could be using this as a way to bring Batista back? Like, maybe, on TV? Maybe they'll bring back Titus Worldwide and Batista will be a member Jeez. of Titus Worldwide. <laughs> I just looked up the age difference here. Oh, boy. Dana Brooke, 31. Batista, 50. Wow. It's a 19-year difference? Yeah. That's not that bad. I, I, I mean... I, I mean, when, when Batista was can't... 19, Dana Brooke was just being born. I don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, we can't judge their legal age right now. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't. That's that's exactly it. You can't judge them because they're of legal age. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess the theme of this episode is going to be it's you know woman heavy at least for the most at least for the first half of this podcast because now I, <laughs> I want to talk about one more. Uh, woman wrestler and that is and do I didn't know this do you realize though real quick that everyone that's in a relationship where there's like a huge age difference just turned off this podcast more than likely I'm, I mean those wheels are getting looser uh, <laughs> anyway so we have another woman wrestler who I didn't know anything about this you actually told me during her prep and that is natalia uh apparently she claims that she has been approached to do the wrestler too so i don't know anything about this i want to hear some dirty deets from you matt well in a exclusive total divas clip on the wwe's youtube channel uh she stated that she has been asked to appear in the wrestler too uh the movie is also set to star jason momoa who, if you remember correctly, he starred in Aquaman. Right. So, I would assume he would be, like, the new star. Randy the Ram was in the first one. Right. So, you would have Jason Momoa play, uh... I do A fish? Wait, wait, What? Well, yeah, the first one, the guy was a ram. So this one, 
Jason Momoa, <laughs> he used to be Aquaman, so his wrestling name would have to be like the fish or something oh like that. Oh my god, I thought you meant like they were gonna dress him up in a fish suit and just have him flop around. Well, they could do that. <laughs> he could be like the worst wrestler ever. He's in this fish costume, flopping all around, and then Natalia, oh she comes god. out. And then she's like the first person to lose to him in like an intergender match or something. And she's like this like pathetic wrestler. <laughs> she can't pin anybody. <laughs> Apparently she's Barry Horowitz. <laughs> she has bad gas when she's in the ring. Oh my god, no. No, let's not relive that, please. <laughs> oh my god, I'm taking off my glasses because it's so funny to me. <laughs> Have the wheels fallen off yet? Oh, my God. I think one has officially fallen. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, move. Wow. Let's just move past my uh, ill mind for whatever reason. I don't know what I was thinking. So, yeah. Natalia is in possibly in The Wrestler 2. Um, I have not Did seen Did you the like the, I was going to ask you if you liked the first one. I feel bad for not watching it because it looks really good. Um and the fact that they got to use Ring of Honor and CZW and all these like legit promotions, I always I love that because I really want to watch it just because of that reason alone. But I never once seen the movie. You never seen it? No. Oh, when it first came out, I'm like, for as big of a wrestling fan as I am, I have to watch this. And right. The whole time I'm watching this movie, and. I kept thinking in the back of my head the same thing throughout the entire movie. This guy is Jake the Snake Roberts. Okay, and it's it's funny you say that because when I see the when I seen the trailers for it, that was actually the first thing I thought of was Jake the Snake. It was my I would say probably my all time favorite eighties wrestler. Because the whole premise is he's like at one point he was like the top wrestler ever. And then throughout the years, he kind of fell down that ladder, but he's still like competing on the indies and he's like supposed to be old and washed up. And it just got me thinking, I'm like, this is Jake the Snake Roberts. He was on top at one point and then throughout the years, he kind of just fell, but he stuck around. He's in indies and doing this and doing that. You could even compare it to Terry Funk, which actually might be a more uh, better analogy to use because you know, and, of the and hardcore spe- matches. And speaking of Terry Funk, I, as a kid, I never seen Beyond the Mat. Okay, now I, I watched it a couple years ago. Like, like I would see clips here and there, but I watched it a couple years ago for the first time all the way through, and. I just I was shocked at and this is going to sound terrible, but I was shocked at how out of weight Terry Funk really is. Or at least was in 99. I mean, I'm assuming now he's, you know, since he's not wrestling, he's probably at least a little bit more in shape. But I just do we know for sure he's not wrestling? (laughs) Well, that's that's very true. I mean, for all I know, he's probably wrestling right now as we speak. He's facing Um, a fish right now. (laughs) Out of water. (laughs) Oh, this is what the show's come to, making really bad fish jokes. But, yeah, I I mean, so, yeah, I've never seen The Wrestler 1, and I hope that, like, if anyone can actually be in a movie like The Wrestler, it sure is definitely Natty, because I always thought, even though she's won, the title i feel like she's still the most underrated women's wrestler of all time yeah i can see that um for one she's just she comes from that wrestling family she comes from the the hearts i mean i know technically jim the anvil night heart he married into the heart family but i mean you figure her mom is still from that family even though her mom never wrestled but like, and I don't, I don't want to sound like that guy, but wrestling really is in her DNA. It is. And she, I, I just every time I see a Natty match, it's 
it's obviously it's not like the best match I've ever seen or anything like that, but it's a good match. I mean, she can make anyone look good, and look, she she has these milestones to her credit, right? She's won multiple titles. Uh, she, her, and Lacey Evans had the very first match in Saudi Arabia. There's so much that she's done, but yet it just feels like I don't want to say nothing, but it just feels empty to me because it hasn't really led to much. Like it kind of feels like whenever she had the title, it's kind of like WWE just giving her a pat on the back saying, good job, you know? Yeah, it does kind of feel that way. So Uh, you mentioned how good her matches were. And when you said that, all I could think of is, well, they should be good. Look at this way. When she was growing up, her dad, Jim DeHamble Neidhart, her uncle, Brett, her other uncle, Owen Hart. I mean, she should, like you said, it's in her DNA. She should be able to put on good matches. It's just a shame that WWE has kind of made her an afterthought. And I, I don't want to be the guy, I don't want to be this guy, but there's very few people I think should actually jump to AEW, and Natty is 100% one of those people. I mean imagining her versus like Britt Baker or something like that would be a thing of beauty. It would. And then you kind of change her gimmick around a little bit. Uh, like give her like uh, anger, you know, cause she's just nice when she's a, when she's a face and as a heel, uh, like, yeah, she, Natty should not be a heel. I just, I, I can, I don't know. Like, well, let me phrase that. She shouldn't be a heel for WWE. She should be a heel. Like, if she, in this hypothetical scenario, if she jumped to AEW, she should 100% be a heel. I think it doesn't work for her as a heel in WWE because she loses a lot. Maybe yeah. if she was a heel and she would win a little bit more and be involved in better storylines, then it could work. Yeah, I, 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 I hope the best for Natty, and I always will. Um, you know, congratulations to her if this movie actually suffices. You know, if, if anyone deserves it, it's definitely her. Okay, so this is going to be, I'm assuming, actually regarding ECW legend, The Sandman. And why did that just, are you still there, Matt? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I don't know. You lost me for a minute. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's still recording, so we should be fine. Um, So, yeah, this actually involves ECW, five-time ECW champion, the Sandman. Uh, The Sandman worked an indie show uh, called WrestleCade uh, about a week and a half ago, give or take. And one of the uh, people on that show was, and I believe she wrestles for Impact, I could be wrong, uh, Jordan Grace. And Jordan Grace posted something very interesting on Twitter, and this is from her actual uh, Twitter page, at Jordan Grace. Quote, Hey, remember that time the Sandman came up to four women about to main event to tell us that women main eventing is wrong, and any male wrestler with any sort of experience would agree? Was this in 1998? No, it was tonight, December 2019, end quote. So. Do you you believe that actually happened? From the Sandman, I do. And that kills me a lot. Um, Look, I'm a huge, huge fan of the original ECW. And I can say with complete certainty, the Sandman wasn't really one of my favorites. Why is that? He was always like one of the popular guys. He was, and I, I, I get why coming through the crowd to Metallica, you know, chugging a beer, hitting yourself with, uh, with the Singapore cane as they call it in ECW, which is just a kendo stick. Um, the whole entrance was awesome. He couldn't wrestle with a crap. Um, he just looked like the drunk guy at 2 a.m. at the bar trying to pick a fight with you. Um, it just, it never appealed to me. It just never did. Um, I, in ECW, 
you know, my all-time favorite guy in ECW. I have a couple. RVD is up there 100%. Well, <laughs> he's up there, you know, because of, you know, he gets high. When wah, he's on wah, the wah. turnbuckle, I tried. That's wheel number two. That fell off. Um, I would We're say down RVD. two more wheels here, man. <laughs> uh, first off, RVD and Jerry Lynn's matches were incredible. Um, I would say RVD, Tommy Dreamer, and Sabu, I think, were definitely my top three guys from ECW. Um, Salmon just never did it for me. And with that being said, it, it's really disheartening that someone still has that mindset in 2019. Look what the women did at WrestleMania. The women have main evented pay-per-views. It's just, I don't understand. Just because they don't have the same, excuse my language, genitalia as you do, doesn't mean that they can't main event any show. Yeah, women's wrestling has definitely came a long way. And for the same man to say that, especially in this day and age, you got the stuff going on like the Me Too movement. Uh, saying that's just in bad taste. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, and quite frankly, it, it kind of bothers me we even have to address it. But here we are having to address it. Um You know what? I just say, you don't think women should main event it? Well, clearly you're not watching wrestling anymore. And what's funny is that Chris Jericho saw that tweet, and he responded by saying, uh, hold on, let me pull it back up. The tweet in part said, uh, any male wrestler with any sort of experience would agree with him. And Chris Jericho quoted that and said, this guy wouldn't, and Chris Jericho is on top of the wrestling world right now. So that just kind of tells you where the Sandman's view of wrestling is and what Chris Jericho's view of wrestling is. And, okay, and that's so coming that's, from Le Champion. Le Champion, which um, that is a perfect segue into our next seg- next uh, topic, I should say. Chris Jericho... First off, the man does not age. He has liked two of my Instagram posts because I've complimented him wholeheartedly. And so I'm basically best friends with the guy. And Nick, you got something brown on your nose. (laughs) And now Rebecca loves Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is her guy, and he has been since he did his whole Kevin Owens bit. That's funny because Tiffany cannot stand Chris Jericho. She hated the list of Jericho. Which, how do you hate the list? She thought it was stupid. Oh, man. I If anyone could sell you a freaking list on a clipboard, it would be Jericho. I just, I never saw anything wrong with the list. Nothing. So, because of his wild success and his infinite wisdom that only Chris Jericho has because he is God's greatest gift to wrestling. My best friend, Le Champion, with a little bit of bubbly, decides that because AEW management, the parasites that they are, tell him, hey, Chris, you have to wrestle one more match by the end of the year. And which naturally offended my best friend, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, I should be in the inner circle now that I think about it. Chris Jericho decides that he is going to make a list, which if there's one thing Jericho's great at, it is making a list. Whether if that's the 1004 holds against Dean Malenko, whether if that's the list of Jericho or this new one, which is called the lexicon of Le Champion, which he technically used lexicon in the wrong verbiage for this list, but that's neither here nor there. And on this list would be people he would not be willing to face for the last episode of AW Dynamite in 2019. And he goes on and he mentions all these people, celebrities, John Moxley, some people in the fourth row, more wrestlers, John Moxley. And he keeps naming people over and over and over at which point jungle boy comes out and he challenges Chris Jericho in a non-title match for the last taping of Dynamite for the year. First off, how awesome is it that Chris Jericho has this list? How awesome is his hair? How awesome is he as champion? 
And how awesome is Chris Jericho? The list, it's okay. okay. The hair, fantastic. He has beautiful hair. What were the other ones you asked me? Just how awesome is Jericho? Did, did you answer that? He's very awesome. Because Jericho understands that in order to stay on top in the wrestling business, you have to adapt. You have to change your style up every so often. I mean, that's why you don't see Chris Jericho with the ponytail coming from the top of the head <laughs> with that long ass goatee and you're saying 2001 Chris Jericho exactly like he not only does he reinvent like what he does in the ring but he also reinvents how he looks what he says just everything Jericho like all all jokes aside Chris Jericho without a doubt is a master of reinventing himself and as you get older in wrestling you like you have to adapt you have to constantly evolve and Jericho knows that better than anybody. I, he, does, he really does. And his work in the ring also shows it. Because he'll still use his old signature moves that he used to use as far back as WCW. But I he also mixes he's it lion up. Salt. Exactly. Like the lion salt. He used to do that all the time in WCW. And now he's still doing it to this very day. But he's also throwing in some new moves. I mean, he has that wicked forearm that he does. The Judas effect. Right. The forearm. It's a forearm. Exactly. He's using a forearm. (laughs) Now, I I asked this question on Twitter, and I, I was actually surprised by the results. Would you prefer Alistair Black's Black Mass, which is the same thing as a juice effect, or the juice effect itself? I thought the Black... the What does Alistair Black call it again? Black Mass? Yeah, Black Mass. I thought that was like a spinning roundhouse kick. Well, okay, yeah. I'm saying, which of those two would you prefer? Because they're basically striking moves. One's just with your foot, the other's with a forearm. Both look nasty, in my opinion. I think the black mask looks better. Okay, a lot of people said that. I was actually surprised. I thought people were going to say Judas Effect. I like it because it's it's similar to Sweet Chin Music. Because he could hit that at any given time. Right. I feel like the forearm, I don't know, it just seems kind of weak. And that's why you're a stupid idiot. And, you'll and that's never why change. I made the list. <laughs> All right. So we go from AEW to WWE, and we have to talk about a raw commentary shakeup. This is a very interesting topic because for a while, once the brand split happened, we saw the raw team of Jerry the King Lawler, of. Uh, Oh, crap, what's his name? The 205 Live guy, Vic Joseph, and Dio Madden, who I have no idea who Dio Madden was up until Raw. And first off, Raw's commentary team outside of Vic Joseph was terrible, in my opinion. Uh, King was horrible, is horrible, and Dio Madden was even worse than King. And... It was the decision was made, whether it was from Dio or from Vince, that Dio should not be on commentary and he should go back to wrestling. And how they wrote him off was by Brock Lesnar F5ing Dio Madden, putting him on definitely. Meanwhile, Samoa Joe joins the commentary team while he's uh, rehabbing from an injury. Um, what were your thoughts on Dio to begin with? I didn't really care for him. Vic Joseph, he's warming up to me. Like, I start liking him more and more. I've always liked Jerry the King Lawler. Um, But do you like Jerry Lawler now as much as what you did growing up during the Attitude Era? 
his style has changed. I'll give you that. If you really listen to what he says sometimes, he'll still throw in a good jab. And I think that's... It's good to hear him throw out like a funny one-liner like how he used to always do back in the Attitude Era. You know, I don't know who it was uh, two weeks ago on Raw, and I tweeted it out, and people overwhelmingly agreed with me. I, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. I want to say it's Humberto Carrillo, or however you say his name, who, who blows my mind because of his athleticism. Uh, Jerry Lawler said something in commentary to the fact of, yeah, I heard he got arrested for impersonating a wrestler. And I'm thinking, okay, first off, that joke probably would have been funnier in the Attitude Era. But here we are in 2019, this young guy who is fresh to wrestling and is, in my opinion, a very good prospect. And you're just going to bury him in one line and do something like, like, is that an overreaction on my part? Or is that something Lawler probably just shouldn't have said? Uh, I, I just see that as Lawler being Lawler. Cause he says one liners about everyone. He, no, he does. I just, I feel like if, if, if it was someone who's more established, I think I'd be okay with it. But the fact that he said about up-and-comer just kind of rattled me a little bit because I'm thinking, this guy's trying to do everything he can to get over with this crowd. I mean, he's still coming out, and the crowd is still trying to figure him out, and that's the line you're going with. Like, I, I know it's a minor thing to complain about, but that's just my example of how much I'm not liking Lawler on commentary. Like I said, I don't mind him. Uh, but if I had to ask you, who would you, ideally, who would you like to see on Raw's commentary team, and who would you like to see on SmackDown's commentary team? Oh, that's very what easy would... for me. Okay. Lay Champion, Chris Jericho, because he can do it all. Oh, <laughs> He's in AEW, he doesn't count. Oh, he doesn't count? You know what happens to people who say that Chris Jericho doesn't count, Matt? You know what happens? No, oh, I just made the list. No, I was going to say the wheel fell off. That's wheel number three. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, I see, I don't know. I, I like Vic Joseph. I would keep him on Raw. Um, I think, and I, I don't, I would have to say maybe even, I know she's doing WWE backstage, but I actually liked Renee Young. I thought she was pretty good in commentary. I'd keep her and Vic Joseph on Raw. Okay. Um, over on SmackDown, I like Michael Cole, and I like him and Corey Graves. I think they have great chemistry. I'm not a fan of the three-man booth, honestly. Honestly, neither am I. Yeah, have two, have them work out. Who would you have on commentary? I am liking the Cole and Graves, but I think I think uh, Graves and Saxton could be better. <laughs> Shut up, Saxton. <laughs> Man, I but, love how Corey Graves treats him. In order for that to work, Saxton has to change his style somewhat. He has to be more journalistic, like Michael Cole and Vic Joseph. Fair. But at the same time, Corey Graves can still make fun of him. Right. Um, for Raw... I would say Michael Cole, because he's the lead announcer. Let's face it. He's the oh, voice absolutely. of the WWE. Yeah. Um, so he kind of belongs on Raw. As for his partner, I, mean, I guess you could have Jerry the King Lawler, but I feel like that's been done. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I, yeah. So then anyone else you're going to add is going to be another analyst to him, though. I feel like you need that wrestler perspective, though. Sure. So uh, that's the one part I'm just I'm not sure about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, part of me is like maybe you should bring some kind of like Hall of Famer into the fray, but the problem is, is like, let's be honest, I'm not sure how many Hall of Famers truly keep up with the product enough to really 
justify what's going on in the ring. Like they, I get the feeling a lot of Hall of Famers kind of just watch here and there, and then that's pretty much it. I, I kind of wish that USA Network would offer CM Punk a deal, oh a contract, the be on Raw as a commentator. I, I would pay so much money to see Punk. Punk is really good on commentary. The fact that he didn't do it longer kind of irritated me. Yeah, he was really good. I would enjoy a two-man booth with Michael Cole and CM Punk. Oh, absolutely. So, we go from the commentary shakeup on Raw to a big name returning to the fray, at least in my opinion, a big name, and that is the Shaman of Sexy, the Monday Night Delight, the Friday Night Delight, whatever you want to call him, John Morrison. It was officially announced on WWE Backstage. John Morrison had signed a multiple-year contract, and also John Morrison himself tweeted out that that is indeed true. And this is coming amongst months of rumors that he had signed a deal. Personally, I had lost faith because we didn't hear anything, so I thought, okay, maybe he didn't actually sign anything, and then the news broke. Um, I'm assuming you're excited for John Morrison. Um, What brand would you stick John Morrison on? Well, I would probably go with SmackDown. Okay. Then you can have it to be the Genetti comes back again <laughs> and the Miz destroys him. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you were going to say Morrison gets his revenge. No, he's the Genetti. That's the whole point. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I felt bad for Genetti because he never won a major victory over Sean. I think he won the Intercontinental title off of him. Was that off of Sean? Yeah. Oh. All right, well, fine then. Have Morrison win a title off of The Miz. Uh, I guess you <laughs> could do that. All of a sudden, you just turned sour on that. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. Well, no, I'm very happy John Morrison is back. I would actually stick him on Raw. Because um, I, I just feel like if him and Miz are on the same show that they're going to eventually either team up or face each other. And I just feel like that's just too predictable. It would be, and that's exactly what they would do. But at the same time, let's be honest. We would like to see some kind of angle with The Miz and Morrison, whether they're teaming up together again or if they're facing each other. They had good chemistry back then. A lot has changed. Uh, Both people have grown as singles competitors. So it would be interesting to see how they mesh. I would like Morrison to be on Raw, and then like we have a moment in the Royal Rumble where it's the Miz and Morrison in the ring, and the crowd is just losing their mind. See, the way how I would have played it out is, I know it's really hard to do it this way uh, nowadays with social media and all these dirt sheets and uh, I wouldn't sign John Morrison but keep it a secret don't tell anyone and then mow the Royal Rumble have it to where the Miz is in the ring by himself and then all of a sudden John Morrison comes out yeah I, I would do it the exact same way but like you said, it's just the problem is, is with the dirt sheets, it's very hard to keep anything under wraps anymore. It's almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, if you have three guys keeping a secret, the only way that happens is if one shoots the other two. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's a line like Bobby the Brain Heenan said or something. like. I don't know if he's ever said it, but well, I'm not I saying did. him specifically. I just feel like it's a wrestling person out, like because you're not that creative. So I feel like someone had to have said that before. Ouch! <laughs> what did you get shot by the bullet because you couldn't keep a secret? Wait a minute, I'm not creative. No, I'm the, I'm the one that puts together a lot of these shows that we do. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're creative. That just means you're a good planner. But it takes a creative person to come up with a good game plan. 
All right, you know what? You're already on the lexicon of Les Champions. Don't be on the lexicon of Les Champions' best friend. Now, that's just dumb. That's not even creative. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we we talked about everything that we wanted to talk about. Now let's talk about something a little bit more serious. And this is something that it's – Kind of, I don't want to say a long time coming, but it's something that, at the very least, I've given a lot of thought to. Um, now, we have been doing this podcast for the better part of two, maybe almost even three years. And we've been on a couple different platforms. We've been on Spreaker, and now we've been on Anchor. We've had sponsors of the show. We've had guests come on the show. Uh, we've even we even have our own staff writer, um, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that I truly have enjoyed this podcast. That being said, me and Matt both have been in agreement that our very next official episode, which is the year-end show, the one that we mentioned a couple weeks back, which will probably be airing as I'm looking at the calendar – uh, the 23rd, December 23rd, which is when it'll actually go up online, will be our very last episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, it has been an incredible journey. It's been great with the fan interaction. And honestly, I cannot thank the fans. I can't thank Rebecca. I can't thank you, Andre Stafford, Michael. I can't thank any of you guys enough because this show has been a great outlet for for us to really just, you know, shoot at the hip, so to speak, have fun. And again, I want to thank everyone for this awesome couple years that we've been doing the podcast. It's also been a great platform for me to prove that I know more about wrestling than Nick. You know, you okay, I am trying to be as sincere as I possibly can. And then, Nick, this is you know what? No, this, no, listen to me. That no, was real This is a pro wrestling podcast. We don't one, two, do three. serious. You were number four. You just had to destroy the entire car. The wheels have fallen off. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go to heel mode. But um anyway, yeah, so it is officially going to be our very last show um we are going to try to have the whole cast on i don't know how well that's going to work but we are going to pull as many strings as we can to make that happen it's been really fun these last two years doing it um a lot's changing right now like i'm about ready to have a son uh as we mentioned earlier nick his wife is pregnant I mean, we can't do a show with two screaming babies in the background. Why not? I do it with one screaming baby by my side. Don't talk about Rebecca that way. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's so it's it's been very fun. Um, and, again, I, I can't stress how much I'm very thankful for everything that we've done. And... Uh, yeah, so that will be our very last show. And, of course, we're going to find ways to get the fans involved in the show. I'm thinking maybe we'll throw out Twitter polls throughout the next two weeks and reveal what Twitter thought of different categories maybe. I don't know. I want there to be some kind of fan participation, but we'll see. So within two weeks, you best bring your tux. You best bring your plus one. Get all fancy because it is our year-end awards. It is the one time a year where me and Matt, and hopefully in this case other people, will sit down and throw out our wrestlers of the year, feud of the year, all different kinds of categories. I don't know if you're there, Matt. Um, I don't. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, you just came back, and it's like on speakerphone and i have no idea how to fix this that's kind of weird i do this from the from my laptop so i don't understand how that happened i mean there's oh wait a minute is that a that's not a speaker setting is it 
No, that's not a speaker setting. Oh, I just um, lowered the volume on my phone, so it's kind okay. of better. Okay. So, yeah, it is our year-end show. We have multiple categories. We're going to run down our favorites from each category and tell them why. How excited are you, Matt? I'm very excited. I love this concept, and I can't wait to do it one more time with you. So, yes, our year-end show is in two weeks' time, and it will be our final episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast. So, with that being said, we'll see you guys in two weeks. My name is Nick. My name is Matt. We'll see you guys next time. Fishy, fishy. (laughs) Time has arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. (laughs) That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? <laughs>